0: Hello and welcome to the Bethesda podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. For more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. Minor Prophets And uh, we're almost done. Hence part 55. And this is Zechariah. We're in chapter 4 and this is part 2 of that. So Let's say a prayer, and we'll jump right in. Father, thank you so much for your word. We give you praise for all that you've done. You are so faithful and good. We honor you tonight, God, and I pray that you would help us to see truth in your word that will make a difference in our lives. We give you praise for this in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm just going to start with review and introduction by reading verses 6 and 7, and just kind of pick it up where we left off and And then get into some new material. Verses 6 and 7. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. He's the civil leader that is over Jerusalem. He had the responsibility of finishing the work on this temple, this rebuilding of the temple, the second temple. The work had stalled, and he needed encouragement to carry out the word. And hence we have a prophet in the house, and the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. You have this this word to him. Here it is, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And in this vision that we've already looked at from Zechariah 3, God spoke to Zerubbabel about purity, but purity alone was not enough to accomplish the work of God. You know, righteousness, the garments that Joshua was wearing, they were, they were uh, corrupt, and you got this idea of purity, but purity alone wasn't enough to accomplish the work. They needed resources, and the resources were not human might. They were not human power. But they were, they were the Spirit of God. Might speaks of collective strength, like an army. Power is like individual strength. And so collective strength, individual strength was not enough. The cult of personality was not enough. It was not how much money you have in the bank. You're going to need the Spirit of God. That's what God was saying. Not by the resources of many or one, but by my Spirit. It's not going to be your cleverness, your ability, your physical strength that the temple will be rebuilt. It's going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. The one resource that was absolutely necessary for the work to be completed was the Spirit of God. That's what the vision is showing. That's what God is promising to Zerubbabel, this supply of the Spirit, one that will not run dry. We can't trust in our own resources. Let's bring this home. We can't trust in our own talents to get the will of God done. Not our treasure, not our skill sets, not our political connections, not our social clout. We'll still miss what we need. What we have to trust in is in God's ability to bring the work to pass. The psalmist said some trust in horses, some in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. God has the ability, unless we get, as my grandma used to say, too big for our britches, you know, lifted up in pride. We think that we can do it now. We never could do it. We still can't do it. We may have gotten better. We may have been blessed, and we seem like we have more resources. We've gotten older and wiser, perhaps, but still we can't lean on our own understanding We have to lean on the understanding that comes from the Most High God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. So that's the idea here. Spurgeon uses some hyperbole to make the point. He says, oh, may God send us poverty. May God send us lack of means and take away our power of speech if it must be and help us only to stammer if we may only thus get the blessing." Oh, I crave to be useful to souls, and all the rest may go where it will. Spurgeon's making the point, God, get me to that place where I'm leaning only on you. This spirit of which is mentioned mentioned here is is breath. It's the ruach of the Lord, mentioned in Genesis 1-2. You know, the spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. It's mentioned at the Red Sea, opening and closing the Red Sea, and gave life to the dead bones of Ezekiel, prophesied of the wind. The wind blew, and that, that's what he's talking about here. Going back to the vision earlier that I, I've mentioned, chapter 3 there, we see that God wanted Zerubbabel to know that the Holy Spirit would continually supply his need. Because you had those oil trees, those, those trees that were supplying, the olive trees, that are supplying the oil for the menorah. This continual supply, never-ending supply of oil. God wants His supply and our reliance on the Holy Spirit to just continually flow. Continually flow. And uh, you've heard me say it many times, we have to make space. Uh, We have to make time. We have to give the Holy Spirit time to function. Uh, I'm guilty of it. We all are. And the modern church is full of this. We we want to rush through service. Because we got things to do. We got places to go. We're busy people. We're busier than ever. We have more technology to keep us from being so busy. And we're busier than ever. And we've just piled on. And so, you know, we have we have an hour and a half. God to give you an hour and a half. If you ain't done in an hour and a half, I got a boogie. I gotta go you got to give God some time. And I'm very, very honestly, humbled and, and honored to serve in this house. You guys are so amazing with that. We've left this house on oh, some Sundays at 1, 1.30, 2 o'clock, because you made, gave capacity to the Holy Spirit to move. And, 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 you know, he didn't move at 45 minutes, or he did. You know what I'm saying. But like, things that took place an hour and a half, two hours into it, they didn't take place at 45 minutes. You got to wait. They that wait on the Lord. We, we like to the, make that theology, you know, expect and things. Sometimes it's straight up wait. You got to wait. You just got to wait on Jesus. The old timers used to talk about waiting on the Lord. Pray to you, pray through. that? Sometimes that takes time. And, and. Here you have this this reliance on the Holy Spirit that is required in the Old Testament. How much more in the New Testament? You know, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. And then you see in the prayer meetings throughout the book of Acts where as they ministered to the Lord and fasted and prayed and waited on God. The Spirit said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called him. It, sometimes it's just, it's just old-fashioned waiting. Are you with me? Again, Spurgeon, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Oh, churches, take heed lest you trust in yourselves. Take heed lest you say, we are a respectable body. We are a mighty number. We are a potent people. Take heed lest we begin to glory. Take heed lest ye begin to glory in your own strength. For when that is done, Ichabod shall be written on your walls, and your glory shall depart from you. Remember that he who was with us when we were but few must be with us now we are, that we are many, or else we must fail. And he who strengthened us when we were but as little in Israel must be with us now that we are like thousands of Manasseh, or else it is all over with us and our day is past. It's powerful. But by my spirit, oil is a good representation of the Holy Spirit. Oil lubricates when used for that purpose, gets rid of friction and wear. Oil heals, It's used as medicinal treatment, especially in biblical times. The Spirit of God brings healing, restoration. Oil lights. When it's burned in a lamp, where the Spirit of God is, there is light, there's revelation. Oil warms when it's used as fuel for a flame. The Spirit of God can warm and comfort, invigorate. The Holy Spirit can invigorate us. You know, you have these, it's not as much a thing now, but these these essential oils that swept through the body of Christ, right? Uh, I need a little peppermint. Need a little lavender, you know. I'm not going to comment on all that. I got some funny jokes about that stuff, but, but you know, it does invigorate, adorns, perfume, polishes. A lot of lot of uses. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel shall become a plain? This scene, this this rebuilding of the temple was a daunting task. And possibly this great mountain is this this heap of rubble on this foundation, and uh, you, you have this this cry: "Who are you, great mountain? You can stand against this anointing that is own Zerubbabel and these people." Again, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to quote Spurgeon again. It's it's a good quote. You all get up. Uh, you all get up. Plans and say now, if the church were altered a little bit it would go on better you think if there were different ministers or church order or something different then all would be well no dear friends it is not there the mistake it is it is not there the mistake lies it is that we no more want the spirit it's the spirit that makes the difference so he said he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace grace to it uh, this is god's assurance that the work is going to be finished And Zerubbabel is going to be the one that finishes it. And this capstone is the last piece. And when that capstone goes on there, you're going to say this is God's grace that made this happen. This is God making this happen. This is not, we understand, this is to the glory of God. So verses 8 through 10. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands also shall finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. So his hands, Zerubbabel's hands, will finish it. What does that mean? Well, when the work's done by the Spirit, there are not only resources to begin, but enough to finish and God's going to finish what he starts and he's going to use the one he started with to finish it that is Zerubbabel and that team. Philippians 1 1 through 6 Notice this. Paul and Timothy bond servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in what? Philippi with the bishops and deacons Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. He's he's, he's writing to the saints at Philippi. And he's saying that the work that God, He, capital H, He who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. When did the work at Philippi, we'll take a little detour here, When did the work at Philippi begin? What work did God begin to do in Philippi, and when did He do it? Well, it's in your Bible in Acts chapter 16. It's just dawned on me as I was going through this stuff. It's just fascinating to me. Let me poke around in this for a minute. You with me? Isn't this exciting? Big little books, Zechariah chapter 4. But here we are in Acts 16. All right. Then came he to Derby and Lystra, and behold, there was a man named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman who was a Jewish uh, and beloved, and uh which was well re- well reported of by the brethren who were at Lystra. Him would Paul have go forth with him, and he took, circumcised him, and then You see that Paul would, first of all, let me say this, you have in, this is like not in my notes, this is a detour I took in my brain, in my spirit, I I should say as a pastor, you know, like, you you have a church that has started in Philippi. Look at verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us. If you go a little further up, you're going to, let me just tell the story. Paul grabs Timothy and he's going, he's compelled to go on a mission to preach the gospel to all the world. God had commissioned him, Acts chapter 9, and his calling knocked him down. I'm going to show you great things that you're going to suffer for my name's sake, and I'm going to do all these things through you. And so he has this general call. And so in Acts 16, he grabs Timothy and he takes off and he tries to go to Bithynia and he tries to go to Phrygia, I believe it was. He tries to go to a few places, and the Holy Spirit forbade him. The same Holy Spirit right, that said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right, through Jesus. That that same spirit, go into all the world. And so he, what's he doing? Taking that general word and going. But the Holy Spirit said, don't go there. Well, you don't care about those people, Lord? I mean, for God so loved the world. It's not like he said, I don't like those people. He's like, it's not for you, and it's not for now. I've got a place for you to go. But But he's a moving target. Let me just say this. God uses people who are trying to do what God says in his written word that are are moving in, in the direction that God has generally spoken. You know, you can steer a car that's moving easier than you can one that's not, without power steering especially. So he's moving. I found in church work, if you want to get something done, ask somebody that's too busy to do it. They'll get it done. How are they going to do it? They're super busy. They know how to get things done. They're going to put it in their calendar. They're going to get it done. So here is Paul. He's trying. He's trying. He tries to go here. He tries to go here. And the Holy Spirit stops him. And then he has a vision. And in the vision, it's the Macedonian call. He sees a man in Macedonia. This is the beginning of Europe. And he sees a man. And the man is saying, come over and help us. Come over and help us. And so, what's he do? Immediately, he said, we felt like we believed that God had called us to go into Macedonia. And so he goes into Macedonia. This is Philip of Macedon. This is, uh, you've got an amazing history here because you've got Philippi, you've got Macedonia. And, and so he goes into Europe, and when he gets there, the first convert that he wins is Lydia, who is a seller of purple at a place called Thyatira. Thyatira, she's the first Philippian convert, Macedonian convert. So, so what, what am I saying? God, who he who has begun a good work will be faithful to complete it. Well, the work was done as the Holy Spirit directed Paul to go to that place. God is the one who did it. Well, Paul preached the gospel. Paul and Timothy were the ones there that baptized that household. Paul and, 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 and uh, uh, his uh, compadres are the ones that got in trouble They cast a demon out of a girl by, by the Spirit of God. They were put in a Philippian jail. There was a Philippian jailer that some people think was the, Mas- the man in the Macedonian call saying, come over and help us. That Philippian jailer is, is uh, he and his household are converted? Paul is the one that baptized that household. Told him, you know, you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your household to be saved. And it was it was the lips of Paul. It was Paul's voice. It was Paul's obedience. But it was God doing the work. It was God that gets the credit for it. Paul's not saying the work that I started. I'm going to finish, he said, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. In the same way, Zerubbabel, hey, Zerubbabel, there's a work that's been started. Thank you for yielding. Thank you for trusting. Thank you for organizing. Thank you for for doing all that you're doing. But understand, it's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So, So we put our efforts into gospel work. But we always understand it's not enough. We need His super on our natural. That's the only way to say, hey, we got a world to reach, y'all. And let me just tell you right now, we ain't going to do it. Social media, the Internet, it's not enough. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by His Spirit. We need a a powerful touch of the Holy Ghost. We're going to do all we can, but it's not by might and it's not by power. Are you with me? Yeah, it's not DH, it's not VH, it's not the staff and awesome volunteers of this church. It's, you know, the the psalmist said it. He said, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. I love that. He says, who has despised the day of small things? Zachariah's question is something we could ask today. And i got to be honest with you, there have been times that I have despised the day of small things. You know, when we started this church, everything was small. Tiny congregation, like me, Valerie, Caleb, Lizzie, and Alexander. Tiny bank account. No bank account. Got a few donations, got to open a bank account. How much you got to have to open a bank account? Well, you need like 50 50 bucks. We got thirty eight ninety five let me see what I can do despise not the day of small things or who has despised the day of small things I think we all have but that's the admonishment don't don't do that small beginnings God when God's doing a work in your life it may appear to be a small beginning but it's it's the first step of many God could you could look back over a uh, A few weeks and a few months and a few years. And you're amazed. Now you were faithful. You were doing what you could. But you understand. When you put the capstone on. You're saying grace, grace. When we finish this parking lot. We dedicate this building. When we build another building over here. In the name of Jesus. Lord willing. And the creek don't rise. With all the hard work that we do. And the sacrifice. And the giving. And all that kind of stuff. At the end, when we dedicate it, to God be the glory. Grace, grace, grace. It was the grace of God. It's a double reference to grace, grace, grace. you can going to put that capstone on and say, grace, grace, in Jesus' name. That's the idea. Don't despise the day of small things, small beginnings. So it was a long day of small things for Zerubbabel, doesn't it seem, doesn't it seem some like sometimes like it lasts forever? Small things. This was twenty years for old Zerubbabel. Twenty years, small things. He could have said, "Uh, what do you mean a day of small things? We're talking twenty years, Lord." But he didn't. He kept his attitude sweet, kept it right, and understood God's gonna he's gonna make it happen. So. Uh, God told Zerubbabel to not despise the, this, this time, this season, uh, and to look at it. This is what uh, Guzik points us out. And I love this. He said, look at it as a day. You're like, man, it's taken forever. Really? It's, 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 just, it's just to help my attitude, I'm going to look at this as it was just a day. And here we are in another day. And um, just kind of like reassess the situation. And they're not a mistake. They're not a punishment. Actually, there's a lot being learned in the time when it, it seems to be moving at a snail's pace and things are small and staying small. We're being prepared. A lot of times if God gave us everything we wanted all at one time, we would be spoiled. We couldn't handle it. We would blow it. You know, there are times to, oh, Valerie's not in here. I, you, you have no idea how often I prayed for uh, millions of dollars to be d- just dropped in my lap with this building, this church from the very beginning, you know. When we went to Maryland and started a church up there, I just felt like I was going to be different because I'm I'm Donovan Hill like I'm I'm anointed, I'm powerful hand of God's on me, man and so I go up there and I literally went and walked um, uh, I walked this this around this church that was for Emerton Road Baptist Church. They built on another in another location they had this old big church uh, right on the this amazing highway Bel Air Maryland amazing place and uh this this multimillion dollar facility. And Old Donovan Hill, I have, like, we're renting the high school. We can't even afford that. $1,600 a month uh, 25 years ago. We're paying that, and we have, like, eight people at the time, and and that's a, a huge accomplishment. And uh, and, and I, I'm thinking, you know, if we only had a building. And so I went and I walked off Emerton Road Baptist. It was vacant. I'm walking. I'm praying. And geez, the weeds are this high, and I'm like, in Jesus' name, I claim this for the kingdom of God you know, thank you, Jesus, and I'm, I'm just believing God for it, and they're going to donate it to us, or somebody's going to give us millions of dollars. To be honest with you, like, I wouldn't have known what to do with it. I, we'd have had a big old building. So what am I going to do, fix it up? I had no team. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand organization. Uh, I, 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 there was so much for Donovan to learn. So you know what the Lord said? Nah. I love you, Donovan, but nah, you're not ready for this. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, it's not like that hopeful, you know, you're not ready for this, it, like I'm about to give it to you. It was like, no, no, not going to happen. I was not ready for it. It was a day of small beginnings. That's a whole other story. I mean, there's five, 6,000 people up there now. They bought the BMW dealership. We weren't ready for that. I, I wasn't ready for that. It's a different day, but it was a day of small beginnings. And not only was that was God doing a work and changing people's lives one at a time. God was doing a work in Donovan and Valerie, and preparing us for the next season of our life. And so it's just it's 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 you got you just got to get perspective. Zerubbabel was being, I just feel to say this to somebody in this house, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and I want to give you hope and encouragement. Do what you can in this season. Don't waste it. Don't waste it waiting. Thank God we didn't just like give up when we didn't get Emerton Baptist. We went out and reached Rodney, and and we went out and reached uh, Pat, we went out and reached James, and we went out and reached, uh, the Slitzers and we went out and reached other people, uh, Michelle and her kids, and we went out and reached all these people, and, and we were meeting in the high school and in our living room, and, 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 you know, we didn't have millions of dollars, but we were winning people to the Lord. Thank God for it. I went up there years later. Uh I, I had uh, the excellence of my ministry had advanced us, to the point that we had a long-term lease on an adult daycare. That was the best I could muster. It was in a basement. And it had a separate entrance. It was up north, you know, so you get these separate entrances, which was awesome. We didn't have to go through the top to get to the bottom. Like We had a, a door to the parking lot. And, and so I, I, I had advanced the church to that extent, and I was able to go back and visit that church and uh, I came in, and uh, the, the pastor was gracious, everybody's really nice, I was able to preach in our old church, and, and James, one of the guys I mentioned, James wanted to meet with me in the parking lot, he said, and he was our first convert, and uh, James said, uh, I just wanted to talk, because to, I never knew if James really understood what we had done, James was, uh, Brenda you met James, and Karen you met James, and James was, he was just, he was an odd duck, right, he was a he was a pilot. Uh, he was a race car driver uh, he was uh, one day he did some work on a van of mine I'm way off my notes I'm I'm sorry but this this has relevance uh, and and uh, one day up there I had a, a, a Chevy Astro 85 Chevy Astro this is the late 90s early 2000s it's like 85 Chevy Astro or I think did I say 85? Yeah, it was 85 yeah it's 85. And uh, it looked like this, this uh, mystery machine from scooby-Doo and I actually had mag wheels on it and I, I hung some fuzzy dice I really did and Valerie had the newer like 98 green Chevy Astro van and uh, I had the old 85 and my, mine had some kind of problem and and Uh, I was talking to James, and James said, hey, I can fix that. Why don't you bring it to my shop tomorrow? So I brought my van to his shop, and James fixed it. And James moved like a snail. But that day, James was on fire. He just like, he got it done. Now, he had asked me to go flying with him a dozen times, and I always turned him down because I was a little, James was a little sketchy at times. And he, he was an aerobatic pilot. So he had a tiny plane that did tricks, and he wanted to take me up. And I was always like, "Ah, I can't go, man. You know, i got to (laughs) work. So he fixes my van, and unfortunately, on the way to take my van to him, I had stopped at Taco Bell and eaten a Taco Supreme and some other stuff. I get there. He fixes my van just like that. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, I said, hey, I I want to pay you. He's like, nope, nope. It's on the house. I said, oh, man, come on, James. He said, no. He said, today's my birthday. I'm like, well, happy birthday, James. and He said, for my birthday and for fixing your van, I want you to go flying with me. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't do it like that, but inside I was like, I'm going to die. And I thought, I'm not even going to call Valerie because I had a Nextel phone, big old brick Nextel phone, beep, beep, you know. And I didn't call Valerie. Anybody know those Nextel phones? Those big, beep, beep. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I didn't call Valerie. I should have. I'm, I'm like, I'm, but she'd have tried to talk me out of it. I'm like, I, I don't have a choice. So we we went down to the airport in Baltimore. And and that's the first time I really saw his plane. When I walked up to his plane, it was orange, paint's peeling. And it's probably no wider the wingspan than this front row right here. Just that's about it. Little tiny plane. And uh, it was a side by side, tiny little cockpit. We get up in there and uh, here we go, put little headsets on. He's like, when we hit 80 miles an hour, we're going to be airborne. It's like, all right, you know. So 80 miles an hour, boom, we're up in the air. He's like zooming out. He's like having to talk in that head. He's like, I'm going to fly out over the Susquehanna River. In case something happens, you know, we won't hurt anybody on the ground. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm thinking to myself, this is a mistake. You're going to die. You'll never see your wife and kids again. Your ministry's over. You didn't get Emerton Baptist, and your life's about to end. And, and so we, we we're up. We go up. We get up over the Susquehanna River, out over this dam. And he said, uh. He said, all right, here we go. I said, and I'm, now I'm, you know, I, I am, I'm a guy. I'm trying to, you know, project. I said, I can handle anything you got, James. Bring it on. He's like, okay, here we go. He said, we're going to barrel roll, barrel roll to the left. So here we go. Whom, like, not once, like, whom, whom, whom. And he, then he stops three times. And I'm like. I ate a taco supreme, some other, you know, I'm like, I'm like whew, whew. and he goes, all right, now we're going to barrel roll to the right, and I was like, hold up, wait a second, let me catch my breath, whew. so we barrel roll, then he's like, he's like, now we're going to nosedive, he said, I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done before, so we go straight down towards the river, I'm not joking at all, y'all, we go straight down, I mean, like, like, Like a kamikaze, you know, Ah, and then he comes. He he pulls it up like this, and we we go all the way over, like upside down, all the way like that. G four. I'm about to literally pass out. I'm like, "Ah, ah, ah," like the right stuff, you know, "Ah," and I'm thinking, God, don't let him uh, pass out, please, Lord. And and he didn't, and uh, we straightened out, and I'm just like, I'm blown away. Like, I'm. uh, It was horrible. Uh, and we finally, we finally went and landed. And I'm telling you all that to say that I never knew if James understood. <laughs> you know, we felt a call from God. We moved 1,200 miles from home. We had helped plant this. We started this church in our living room, and we had grown, and God had blessed it. I never under—I didn't know if James knew about it. He took me to a drag race uh, in in uh, uh, Rising Sun, Maryland. And, and I had no idea that this was like white, redneck heaven right out of Baltimore. I had no idea that existed, uh, but it did. It, it did. I'm like, wow, this is like uh, Boot Hill Speedway in East Texas, you know? Like, wow, this is weird. I didn't know if James got it. But that time when I went up and preached in the adult daycare after we had left, James said, "I want to talk to you. He pulled me outside." He had some diabetic issues. I walked through him, walked with him through some of that at Johns Hopkins, and he he he, he said, I want to show you my car. And he had this new Corvette. He's showing it to me. I'm like, "Wow, that's awesome, James." And he starts crying, which is very unlike James. He said, "He said I'm um, I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna die soon." He's like in his early 60s. I said, "Whatever, James." He said, "I'm serious. I've got some health issues, Donovan." He said, "I'm." I'm I'm not you're not gonna see me again. And he's crying. I said, Well James, what, what's the deal? He said, I wanted you to know that I know what y'all did. I get it. You moved here. You didn't know anybody. You met me, you met my mom. I I understand you changed my life. And it was it was like a very rewarding but at the same time like Lydia in the bible like souls that you've won to the lord we put the capstone on and we say grace grace <laughs> to god be the glory not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the lord we well, I, you taught him a bible study you went riding in his airplane you know to god be the glory a, that we didn't crash, but the work that was done in his life, it was the work of the Holy Spirit. It was the Spirit of God that called us up there. It was the Spirit of God that drew him in. It was the Spirit of God through the Word of God that got a hold of him. It was the Spirit of God wooing him and drawing him to where the the, the Lord could say, this is my son. This, James belongs to me, which made his death the death of the saints, which is glorious and, and, and awesome in the sight of God. And so the work of the Lord is done through people, but we as people have to understand it's not us. It's God. It is God. To God be the glory. And so would you stand with me? I didn't mean to go into that gigantic story. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.